0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 96 of the Retrospectors Podcast Drill Up. My name is Patrick Arthur, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, James Turlings. James, we're doing two platformers in a row. You must be over the moon, overjoyed with yourself.
1: Would you really consider Mega Man X as a pure platformer, Patrick? It's more of an action game, really. It, it is um, true that
0: I was slagging off the game for not having more platforming, but, you know, I see 2D side-scrolling nonsense, and I'm like, what era have I dropped into? I I, I was comfortable playing RTS <laughs> games and FPS games, and I've been sucked into this whole of console gaming
1: i mean i'm happy to do that and uh always love a good 2d platformer definitely uh one of my favorite genres i think
0: so is this one you had heard before um one of our users suggested it to us or was drill dozer uh completely new to you
1: oh this is great because i do have very strong memories of drill dozer and by that i mean uh i saw it on the shelf in the shops many times and i always thought That game doesn't look very fun, so I'm not going to pick it up and look at it. Um, I distinctly remember that actually uh, which is quite funny having us here now
0: you know you're not the, o- the the only one to say that there's been a couple of other people who have said exactly that that they saw it in the shops and then just moved on so it must have had some kind of horrific box art or something
1: it's really funny too because this game's actually made by Game Freak you know the people who make Pokemon so it's not like it's made by a small studio or like you know people who don't have experience making games I just feel like something about the box art made me feel like it's a bit of a throwaway title. Um,
0: and I feel it goes without saying that I have not played this game and I'd literally never heard of it before, which is pretty much how I feel about all GBA games that aren't Pokemon.
1: <laughs> well, it definitely, you know, has a lot of Game Freaks uh, charm in it. I think you know some of the soundtrack and the visuals. Um, but yeah, I'm glad this one got recommended actually because it ended up being a bit more. I guess, interesting to play than my, you know, 10-year-old self thought. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then the box art revealed. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for those who haven't listened to us before, James and I make up the Retrospectors podcast. What we do each and every fortnight is that we play through classic games of the past. And Drill Dozer, while it's not necessarily widely known, it is widely regarded in hindsight as one of the stronger GBA titles ever made. And a lot of people... For a lot of people, it's still their favourite. So this is a good one to examine. We play these games and then we make a determination on whether that title has truly stood the test of time if we enjoyed playing through it this past fortnight or so. Since it's been three weeks since our last episode, I got a little slack or sick or whatever excuse I want to Uh produce (laughs) for a given week. Uh... The main thing about this is is that we're not a nostalgia podcast. We're not here to understand and appreciate this game in the context in which it was created. We simply want to know how fun it is to play today and we discuss our experiences playing this game today and whether you should play it today in and amongst all the other brilliant titles that get released every other week. So Drill Dozer. so for those who've never heard of this game and just keep hearing the words Drill and Dozer over and over again, the basics of this game is that it was an action platformer first released in 2005 for the Game Boy Advance, kind of close to the end of the GBA life cycle. And as we mentioned before, developed by Game Freak of Pokemon fame. It was released one year later in the US, because it was originally only released in Japan. And its only other release has been for the Wii U, I think the online shop, in 2016. So this is a game that has received endless re-releases, which is probably part of the reason it's considered a cult classic and not a classic classic. The idea of the game is that you take control of a pilot with pink hair named Jill as she pilots a drill dozer. So, a drill dozer is kind of like a fat little mech. it's uh it's a very it's a very stout mech that can curl up into a ball, kind of like super metro's ball. And this mech, its defining features are of course the drills on each arms. The arms are drills, she's and she's a fat little ball mech that can roll around. Those drills are both your weapons and your utility belt. They can be used to destroy and interact with enemies and objects in the world which is why this game plays as an action slash platformer slash puzzly sort of game-slash-adventure game in a lot of ways. You have to be using this drill dozer to progress through the world. It's not simply jumping and killing enemies like in something like Mario. You have to do a lot of interaction with objects to progress. The game is divided up into 10 to 15 relatively short stages in the main game. There's also some post-game content which we might discuss later. Where you basically platform destroy enemies and solve those puddles in order to reach the end of each stage. There's a boss at the end of each stage that you have to defeat and usually a mini boss along the way. There's also a story about you know rival gangs of thieves and magical crystals but the story is not the heart of what this gaming experience is about so I think in just a moment we'll jump straight into the gaming discussion but it is definitely worth talking about how we played this game. How did we play this game this fortnite james?
1: Yeah, so getting a hold of this one isn't super easy unless you actually have a physical copy of the game or you want to, you know, hack it into your Wii U, um, which, you know, I have and really liked that console, but most people don't have. Um, it's, you know, definitely going to be your best bet to emulate this one. Now, with this game, the central gimmick is using your drill. And because of that, one of the big features of the game was that it was one of the few uh, Game Boy Advance titles to support Rumble in its cartridge.
0: One of only two, actually. This and a WarioWare game.
1: Yeah. um, And actually, so I would highly recommend that if you're going to play this one to grab it on MGBA and then to enable the Rumble. I think it is a big part of the experience. It doesn't really have any gameplay implications but it does really like add to the feel of the game i found and like 90% of what you're doing is drilling at different speeds and getting that like different feedback in the vibration does kind of add a lot to it in my experience
0: Yeah, I completely agree. This is a game where, obviously, on the show, a lot of the time I've played these games which were designed for a controller on a keyboard, and I've had a superior experience personally doing it this way. For me, even as a person who loves using keyboard for these games, I used a controller and you should definitely use a controller the haptic feedback is a key part of the experience and as a result you should just use a controller and there's no kind of tricky inputs that require you to slide your finger over the keys like I struggled with with Mega Man X so I think that (laughs) undoubtedly controller is the way to go for this one and for me you should understand that that means a lot
1: yeah all right, so with that in mind, let's jump into a bit about the gameplay. So I just want to double down on explaining, you know, the basic controls first, before we go any further. Um, so with Drill Dozer and your drill, um, the main buttons you'll have are, you know, the X button to jump, and the two shoulder buttons, actually, which control your drill, now you have a big single drill on the front of your squat little mech um and pressing the different shoulder buttons will cause it to spin in a different direction, which is actually relevant for a lot of the you know the mechanics and the puzzles in this game, which uh make you know quite a lot of use of that, for example. There will be these pipes. Now these pipes are bored. Um, you can stick your drill into them, and if you drill one way, you will progress through the pipe forwards. And if you press the other shoulder button, you will spin the drill the opposite way and go backwards. Um, there are you know screws that you can tighten or loosen depending on which direction you drill. So it's pretty important to you know get a to know that you know the directions matter. Um, the second thing that you can do with your drill. Is that throughout each of the levels in the game, there are red gears. Now, you can have up to three red gears in a level, and you always start the level with one gear, and each gear allows you to, you know, uh, drill at a higher speed. So if you have the second gear, then what'll happen when you start drilling is that a bar will appear on the screen and it will fill, you know, from zero to a hundred, and then go back down to zero, and once it hits zero you'll stop drilling. If at the first speed you press you let you release the drill and then press it again immediately, you will go up a gear. And then you can do that again once the bar reaches, you know, full level two, you can go to level three drilling. And all of the mechanics in the game interact slightly differently depending on which drill speed you're at. For example, um, you know, those pipes that I mentioned, if you're drilling faster, you'll progress through them faster. Um, And notably, like, if you have only one gear, um, when you start drilling at level one, it'll fill the bar empty and then you'll stop. And, you know, if you need to, like, hold on to a moving platform by drilling into it and you don't have level two, you might drop too early. So there's a bunch of things that kind of rely on this mechanic. I'd say it's like 90% of what you're doing in this game is you know, deciding whether to drill left or right and then how long to hold it basically.
0: Yeah, so the levels in this game are very short and your progression is gated based on what level of drill you have. So at the start of each level, you have a level one drill. When you get the level two drill, more platforming opportunities and barriers can be conquered. And then when you get your level three drill, you can get through everything and you can platform off objects more efficiently. James, I'm just going to go straight into a topic of discussion that's kind of tied up into the aesthetics of this drill thing where you go up drill levels. So when you start drilling and you start trying to change a gear, there are two big aesthetic things that happen on the screen. The first is that a bar starts to fill, and the other is you see a big fuck-off gear that takes up that's kind of like semi-transparent on the side of your screen depending on which direction you're drilling. Now, I actually viewed this thing, while it was helpful maybe on literally level one, I ended up viewing this as something of a downside to the game. And I think if they just got rid of this shit, that it would have been a more enjoyable experience. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason for that is I think it would have leaned more heavily into the haptic feedback and audio cues that you were receiving uh, regarding the speed and, I guess, uh, intensity of your drill. I think that this game has this awesome idea of changing gears in order to have a more powerful drill, but the visual cues make it way too easy to always gear up at exactly the right time and there's never any danger of like missing a gear change because of the amount of feedback you receive. Do you think this is being too petty and that that this is fine to be the way it is or do you think this was a lost potential in terms of it being like a more I guess audible and uh, haptic feedback mechanic?
1: um so i do think that there are some situations where you can't always hit the timing notably when there's enemies or turrets firing at you that cause you to have to drop the drill briefly Mm -hmm. to dodge uh in those situations yeah you can and i definitely missed the timing a bunch of times however uh like you said it does make it quite easy and it does take up like the entire fucking screen (laughs) when this happens so i i'm not as strong about this as you i kind of do like that idea that you mentioned of it using the haptics and you kind of have to learn it by feel i think that yeah. would be fun um
0: it reminds me so i don't know are you familiar with the witcher One?
1: Oh, you have to learn the timing of your swings I yeah de- remember that.
0: depending on difficulty on the lower difficulties you get uh, a visual cue but on the higher difficulties you just have to feel it out and you you can do that and it's more satisfying to eventually do that. So when, when I was playing this game, I was like, I wish they'd had the confidence in this haptic feedback to make it like not just a aesthetic thing, but to actually feed it into the mechanics. And I think that that would have been a cool improvement. Now, that being said, I'm not saying like the gear changing sucks. It just feels like a weird uh, unrealized version of the potential for them. They had a chance to really lean into this and they didn't quite uh, fully commit to it.
1: Yeah it's funny it's it's kind of like if they go that route and they fuck it up it bricks the whole game split, <laughs> yeah, right that's like, true it's just, enough yeah it's just it's just a huge re- business risk um so i can make the game much
0: more challenging as well yeah, yeah. but th- that's that's what i felt when i was playing this game i was like it would have been more fun <laughs> to to try and do this by feel
1: i agree um it is to to note i think this game was targeted at children mostly um what? surprisingly <laughs> um but you know there is harder content and you know in the extra challenges later on for oh for sure based uh, on what you showed me yeah. yeah so i think um you know it's the kind of game that starts off like pathetically easy and then eventually you know after the game you know it gets more challenging for more advanced players but, but with that in mind i think it's probably the right call to leave the visual indicator on the screen just i i kind of agree for us it is a bit of a net negative mm-hmm. um so this game, um, almost more than any other platform where I've played, kind of does this thing where it takes the gimmick and it like, you know, it makes the whole game about the gimmick, um, like literally everything is about the drill to a fault. How did you feel like they went about, you know, constructing mechanics and levels around the, like, single gimmick? Was there, do you think there was enough design space for it? Um, Did it get a bit repetitive or?
0: So from this perspective, specifically, like, from a game design, uh, did they do well with the mechanics? It's pretty close to flawless, honestly. Yeah. Like, in terms of them introducing new mechanics, uh, putting interesting spins on them, then recombining the mechanics in interesting ways. It's it's just hard to be critical because it's all so well done. It moves along at a rapid pace and keeps giving you new and new toys. And the game ends before it has a chance to for you to get sick of any of it. Uh there is some combat stuff which we'll get into later, which I think is Sorry, throwaway. not part of this. Yeah. But when when we're talking about the use of the drill as a tool to help you uh, pr- get through these environments and challenges I've got nothing bad to say like it, it really is that solid the only other game which we've played that I think is similar in terms of how refined uh, the fundamental mechanics are uh, is The Lost Vikings like I remember when I was playing The Lost Vikings even though the insta-death infuriated me to no end there was a great degree of polish and refinement in how those levels were constructed I feel this game does it honestly even better and I'm extremely impressed with the quality of the level design and of the mechanics that they keep throwing at you in interesting ways
1: yeah like on the show i think previously we've identified i guess two schools of thought when it comes to 2d platformers on the one hand you have kind of like theme park games where you know something like super mario world and we mentioned this last episode that will just introduce new idea after new idea after new idea and immediately discard the new idea Um, And then you have stuff like Celeste, which will introduce one idea. And then the whole level is based around that one idea getting progressively more complex. Mm -hmm. Um, Surprisingly, I think this game is simultaneously both of those things, impressively Mm -hmm. enough. Like, each level has one to two gimmicks, but they... Use them in such consistently different ways from room to room that they will take one idea and use it ten different ways. So it's like it is building upon the one idea, but you're still seeing something brand new. And it's I'm honestly really impressed by how the game consistently managed to one up itself in this regard.
0: The the other thing to note is that I think that in combination with these new ideas, they just have a good implementation of some basic platforming ideas uh, alongside those things. Like, for example, one of the oldest ideas in platforming are blocks that are there for a while and then they disappear and then you have to time your jump. So you land on the block while it's visible. So this game has a version of that where you drill into blocks and then they dis- they disappear temporarily, but they're going to reappear later. And they implement that kind of concept into the platforming as you're moving through the level. So it's both this you know, they're both pushing this drill concept, but they also just have a solid platforming idea that requires decent timing and jumping in order to get through.
1: Yeah. Um, one of my favorite levels from the secret levels, you know, um, was based around one of the cooler kind of blocks. So there was basically, there are these moving drill sockets, right? That if you're drilling into it, like it's a moving platform, it moves you, like you can be to the side, to the left or the right of it and you can have your drill inserted into the socket and then while you're drilling, you can press left and right to like spin the socket left and right and you kind of like, if you're going up and down um, and you need to spin your character left and right to dodge, you know, spikes above you or whatever Um, and then the secret level just took that and made it like you know, five minutes of solid jumping and timing. That it's surprising how much nuance they got out of the drill mechanic. Like for example, if you're drilling into a block and then you tap the opposite shoulder button, it like boosts you backwards, which they use mm-hmm. for platforming all the time. Um, and then if you hold down and press the jump button, you like it's like you do like a crouch dash forward, but you only go like a fixed distance, so uh you know it'll often ask you to chain together a bunch of drill you know jump maneuvers and dashes to get through a level i they I just did such a good job of this there were so many different mechanics um just, yeah
0: drill drilling down lets you pogo hop like in um, like Knight. or hollow Knight, yeah, yeah. You can you can drill up as well so you've got like quite a bit of uh direction and choice and how you use the drill in general these mechanics are all rock solid and they're implemented really well and even some of the uh later plat like the later platforming levels i was telling James there was a i don't remember the exact level it was one towards the end uh was just like a solid platforming level like it was just really fun a lot of challenges, a lot of things to avoid. Uh, that one level was the highlight for me when you were using all these different uh, drill mechanics to, to progress through the level and there was no real combat, which was a big asset as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, just to name a few of the mechanics. So, you know, I mentioned the pipes before. Um, later on in the game, they introduced these like rings that wrap around the pipes that have a number on them. So one, two or three. Um, and when you go through the, the ring, uh, you need to have your drills gear um, at that level. Otherwise it will push you backwards and you'll have to go through again. And these will often be, you know, you'll need to um, be at level two and then quickly, just as you get through the level two gate, switch up to three so that when you exit the pipe, you fly out so far that you immediately enter another one. Um mm. And there's this one boss fight in particular which was a giant robot. The robot yeah. yeah, and you go inside him and he has like all these mazes of pipes and you know number gates inside him that require like fairly precise gear switching to get through cuz you're and on You got to
0: chain like 10 together or something. Yeah,
1: and you're on a time limit. So if you, you know, muck up too many times, you know, you're spat out and you have to do it again. Um that was really great. Uh actually, I loved that boss fight. My Yeah. Basically all of my favorite Boss fights in platformers are just, you know, platforming levels disguised as boss fights, right? Um, uh,
0: I, 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 I tend to like like the boss fights in Mega Man X, which we played last episode, sure. were a more a more my speed,
1: I think. Okay, sure. Uh, but but the- it was
0: a great boss fight. Like, don't get me wrong, that was also my favorite boss fight in the game
1: um and there were more i guess traditional boss fights um one of the ones that stumped me because i was talking to someone and didn't notice the gimmick was there was a boss that shoots missiles at you that have like a you know a drill screw bit on the end and you had to like drill the missile so it shot back and you played tennis with it basically and there was a timer on the screen for when it would explode so you had to like release it either by holding it and then throwing it back or throwing it back immediately such that when they got the puck it would explode uh and i was talking to someone and missed the prompt in the background that told you <laughs> when that was going to happen but i thought that was a good fight uh, i i always like uh you know ever since playing ocarina of time as a kid i always like tennis boss fights
0: yeah i think that um my feeling on the boss fights overall is actually a bit lower than you because I found the bosses extremely simplistic. Uh, most of these bosses are basically two-phase bosses and in each phase they have a single attack. Yep. Uh, so that's just not very interesting. Um, The robot boss is the real notable exception to me. Like, that boss was fantastic. Everything about it was enjoyable, but mostly the bosses felt like, it's very hard to fail more than once to most of yep. these bosses. They're more like uh, things to... They're, they're not bosses as I like them, which are massive challenges of your skills. <laughs> they're just slightly harder than the regular enemies.
1: Yeah, and I think that's fine for the audience, I guess. Uh, I don't it... think it's fine, James. <laughs> you don't think it's how fine? Dare,
0: how dare they not have 10 health bars and have seven attacks per stage? Uh, Unacceptable.
1: Yeah, <laughs> why isn't Rildoes a more Dark it's, Souls it's, P, Patrick? It's, it's, <laughs> I think
0: I think it's just coming off the excellent uh excellently designed boss fights of Mega Man X, which weren't super complicated, but just felt like very tightly mm. designed. These felt pretty lazy for the most part.
1: I don't know about lazy. Uh they're not challenging, I'd agree with that. How did you go with What's the difference? Sorry, God. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> How did you go with the um the weather? station fight um that one was probably the hardest for me because i'm an idiot um and didn't realize you could because you get you get an upgrade later where you attach a propeller to the drill and you can use it to fly um and there was a whole boss fight about flying in between this maze basically so that
0: that was the one interesting one on the whole i didn't love the sky level and um on the whole i wasn't very good at that boss fight but i don't (laughs) actually have a have a problem with that boss fight because it was basically a tight platforming challenge so i i think it's actually fine i i didn't i didn't love the sky mechanics which you Me know, took away from my enjoyment but i don't actually i actually don't think that was an, a well-designed strong part of the game mm. just not one i enjoyed particularly
1: yeah so in that fight if you press um or oh, in the sky level in general if you press both buttons at the same time you hover in place now i didn't realize you could do this for the entire bloody level um and just did the brute force the whole thing by like tapping and doing the timing perfect by tapping (laughs) which was very hard because once you stop you drop very quickly unless you immediately catch yourself so
0: and and this is this is a like a gauntlet of spikes Uh, that requires you to a
1: long time to beat you're literally
0: surrounded by spikes so the hovering is very important so that as you drop down you hover and then can shoot back up again without that hovering it's it's insane yeah (laughs) i'm I'm surprised you managed to finish it without it
1: (laughs) yeah I, i was pulling my hair out near the end but we did it Eventually, I don't think I needed to do it that way. I wish I'd not been an idiot. Um, I was actually thinking early on in the game when when the the game um interrupts you a lot to give you tutorial text boxes, and I was thinking about this because it was annoying me, but. Like, normally what I like in this situation is when you play the game and the character starts talking to you but doesn't take control away from you. Like, they'll tell you in in voice and they'll tell you what button to press. A Game Boy title with no voice acting and a very small kind of screen resolution can't really afford to have a big text box, you know, taking up half the screen while letting you play. You're just going to fall to your death because you can't see, so... just out of necessity has to wrest control from you and that was annoying me a lot and then in hindsight while writing my notes i was like man if there had just been one more tutorial in that sky level i wouldn't have wasted like an hour and a half of my life maybe i'm the idiot who needs these (laughs) it is
0: funny because I agree it was kind of jarring having all these tutorials and there are a lot in the first couple of levels, like a lot, like probably 10 to 15 where it stops you. Mm. But then again, it did introduce a lot of mechanics very yep. quickly. So I'm kind of not super mad about it because I think that it <laughs> yeah. was it necessary to have those there. Probably, probably not. Really. I w- it, when we did Sly Cooper, I had this same issue where it would over explain, but at least at the end of the game, it kind of like let you off the leash a bit like the last half of the game doesn't really have much in the way of tutorials yeah it? it
1: just throws something new at you and is like figure it out which you know generally doesn't take too long but
0: the other level I really wanted to highlight is uh the water level in this game because I fucking love levels... that level <laughs>
1: yes yes
0: <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was it was fantastic <laughs> yes this is the thing water levels suck. as everyone knows suck shit yeah, like so I, I don't bad. think we've, we haven't done a good water level for this game you know except for for that one in Star Fox 64, you know, when you're going at 10 FPS. What about
1: that water level in Archimedean Dynasty? That was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was
0: there was one good water level in that game. The whole luckily thing. last of the yeah. entire game. Yeah. But yeah, it's excellent. It's varied. You feel like you have good control. It does this super cool thing where you have mazes full of spikes, but the way the movement in, in the game works is that your drill pokes out the front and you accelerate by poking your drill out the front. So what you do is you're accelerating through this maze of spikes and you're protecting yourself by ramming into the spikes. Yeah, It's very cool. I, I know that seems like a little thing but it's, it's fun that the thing that makes you go fast is also protecting you from the danger. So instead of it being this weird thing where you're edging your way through this field of spikes, you're, you're actually fast. (laughs) you're going fast and you're fluidly moving through it there's bits where the current is moving in different directions and so you have to adjust the way that you're moving but it's never sluggish like one of the best water levels in any game i've played like just bravo
1: bravo. i um i particularly loved the bubbles um so the bubbles if you drill them they pop and they send you flying in the opposite direction and the room Mm. with most bubbles you chain like eight together in rapid succession so you just fly through this room so quickly like you fly through the room quicker than if you were running on land by like three times the speed um it wasn't very hard but like it was very satisfying to chain them all together
0: yeah so the water level being fun unusual experience yeah
1: absolutely
0: the other thing is so I want to uh, come back a minute here. I've talked a lot about how the game design is basically impeccable. I will say that I find the I guess moment to moment movement through these levels to sometimes be on the sluggish side. Yes. Uh it isn't as fun moving with Jill through the level as it is with as when you're playing Mario or as you're even playing like Sonic. Definitely not as fun as Mega Man, not as fun as Maddie from Celeste. You kind of waddle you literally waddle along yeah, you're as very you're moving slow, along. Yeah. And getting through walls can sometimes take a long time. And sometimes you need to drill through four blocks in a row. So you're sitting there and you drill through through a block, then you move to the next one and drill through it, then you drill up through a block. And that is part of the gameplay experience of playing this game. It's kind of like waddling around and and drilling through through blocks and that experience is not as intrinsically fun as moving through the world as it is in a lot of other platformers so I just want to bring this up not because I think that it is intrinsically a bad thing because I think that this game is going for a different sort of experience a bit more deliberate and slower paced with the way the puzzles are set up but it isn't a fun platformer a lot of the time um because you're not actively platforming for the entire experience like you would be in something like mario
1: yeah it's a lot of moving from puzzle to puzzle like kind of slowly it's not super bad i actually think the game's animations did a bit to make me enjoy this more i don't know why but i love the jump animation in this game the character kind of like jumps up and then the whole mech like tilts forward and like crashes back to the ground it looks (laughs) like i really enjoyed that um moving yeah i kind of like crouch dashed everywhere if there wasn't a lot to do um Mm -hmm. generally the levels are tight enough that you don't spend a lot of time moving from point to point um and if there is a big bit of traversal usually it's through a pipe um at mach 3 speed so not too bad but yeah i I kind of agree the moment to moment feel of the movement's not great um i want to touch on that point you mentioned about the repetition of drilling the blocks because i Mm -hmm. think this is tied intrinsically to the game's shop progression system, but I've got a big rant about that. Um so I kind of want to go to a music break break first, which leads me into a different kind of rant. (laughs) Um, So let's let's do that first and then we'll come back to the cash shop. Now this game's composers were the same people that made the music for Pokemon on the Game Boy Advance. That is to say, you know, they're fairly accomplished, you know, composers and they did a great job on most of the soundtrack. And I actually think that a lot of the soundtrack, you know, the pieces individually are really good. And I have two in particular um, that we'll share for you tonight today. Uh, that I think were legit like 10 out of 10 tracks. I fucking loved them. And after I finished the game, I kept bringing them up on YouTube to listen to them, you know, outside of playing the game, right? I just really liked them. The way this game uses its music is actually atrocious, though. Um, So... The main problem I have is that this game does not know when to chill the fuck out with its music. Um, it gets exhausting to listen to. The soundtrack is very upbeat and very energetic. And the pieces that are particularly energetic never stop being energetic. Like, you will do a 30-minute level listening to this, like, really good piece of upbeat music that's like three minutes long and on a continuous loop that never like slows down in the middle or anything it's just constant like you know super fast super upbeat super energetic now this gets even worse with the the gears because when you get the third gear in a level the music changes to an even more upbeat tune that does not stop until you finish the level Now you get the gears at different rates from level to level. Um, And in some levels, you get the third gear immediately, which means (laughs) it's kind of like if you were playing Mario and you picked up the star power up and it played on triple volume for like 30 minutes. Uh, It just does not stop, right? And this drove me nuts in some of the levels. I turned the music off. It was just so loud and repetitive. And I actually like that piece of music, and now I hate it.
0: Yeah this this soundtrack is not for me. I I mean I agree with everything you said. By the way, it's infuriating, but also at a baseline, this music is it's not my preferred. It's yeah, it's way it's way <laughs> too happy, dude. And like there were there weren't all like that, but most of them were. So I I also I didn't turn it off because I was trying to do my duty as a reviewer, but I kind of had my headphones around my shoulders. I'll also say that the sound quality of this game, at least as it was being played through the GBA emulator, was kind of scratchy and I think that it was that's because it was trying to emulate the Game Boy Advance hardware and the sound music that came from the Game Boy Advance was kind of scratchy and low quality and shitty and worse than Super Nintendo music from 10 years ago uh listening again to the soundtrack just on youtube it sounded a lot better so i wonder if that that contributed to my um lack of enjoyment
1: i fully agree with you on this i think listening to the soundtrack in isolation on youtube it sounds a 100 times better and you know i i think that the composition and some of these tracks is like actually fantastic i just think that the hardware and the way the music is used, um, and the fact that the music just does not chill out sometimes, um, leads to the actual experience of listening to it in-game to be a bit hit or miss. Now, it's especially bad when that super energetic third gear music, um, replaces a song you like, and then you're Mm -hmm. stuck listening to the annoying repetitive loop instead of the song you like which happened to me a few times and i think they were actually aware of this problem because on the oh, last yeah. two levels it doesn't they don't play that song when you get the third <laughs> it gear. just doesn't happen yeah they just don't do it oh, it's like funny could they have realized this earlier could they have gone back to the other levels could they have just played one loop of the star music and then gone back to the regular music who knows
0: there's a NES-inspired platformer that I've written a re- review for on the website called 1001 Spikes, and it does something similar to this. Each level, you there's a key, you pick up the key, and the music changes, uh, and when you exit the level, yeah, because you have to get the key to exit each level. And um, it used to infuriate me as well because the non-sped up hype music was amazing and the hype sped up music was not as good. I was like, can't they just get rid of that? Like, I know, I know they want to increase the tension, but when the bass soundtrack is so good, it's just frustrating. So I, I, I feel your pain, James.
1: It reminds me, um, ages ago, I played Blaz Blue Cross Tag Battle, a fighting game on the PlayStation 4. Um, oh yeah i love that game yeah i bet you've never heard of it (laughs) um and they had this one character who whenever she used her ultimate it would replace the current song with her theme which would not stop playing until the end of the stage and you could do that like very early into the match um and i used to like that song and then i now hate it because of this same issue um just don't do this please what a great <laughs> I... reason
0: to main that character just to be obnoxious oh i did <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um and then i kind of trolled myself there so you know right. loss.
0: um we, we're gonna play one of these uh, soundtracks in 30 seconds and are you going to interrupt it with the third gear music <laughs> uh,
1: that would be the you know the acceptable thing to do um so i'm gonna play one of the songs i really loved um which was the museum or the prison song uh Mm -hmm. which i just thought was by far my favorite piece on this whole soundtrack i just loved it to bits so hope you guys enjoy this is museum and prison Alrighty with that out of the way we can go back to talking about the cash shop um, which is the way that you progress through the game. Now I wanted to link this back to the point Patrick had about the bricks. So the way you get extra health bars and upgrades to your drill bit which allow you to drill hidden blocks in the levels and get more cash Um, is that you, you drill blocks off the beaten path and you get money and then you spend them in the shop. And I actually really dislike this inclusion in this game because I think it is the culprit behind the issue Patrick mentioned earlier, which is despite this game being like three to four hours long a substantial portion of it is spent drilling through hard to drill blocks for like, you know, like 10 seconds at a time, just standing still holding the shoulder button, which is honestly kind of boring. And like, you do that a lot. And the main reason that you'll be doing that a lot is to get money um, to spend at the shop, right? Like, I think... All of the blocks off the beaten path that give money, like, add basically nothing of value or enjoyment um, to the game. I reckon if you just took the money out, um, put some rooms that had optional platforming challenges, and dropped like a third of a health tank, and you needed three to get a new health tank, that would be way better. Um, And it also infuriates me that the secret missions of the game, like the post game content, uh, is sold in the shop for 300 coins each. And completing a full level gives you about 400 coins. And the secret levels give basically no coins, which means that to do all eight of the secret levels, you need to do, like, at least seven of the normal levels again after you've already beaten the game in order to have enough money to play them. Which, you know, you're not. it's not like... it's not like celeste right where the secret levels are hidden in the normal levels so you're kind of like still engaged because you're looking around for secrets no you're just you're just doing the level again normally to get the money it's like grinding it's not well
0: what 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 celeste demonstrated is that you don't actually need to provide tangible rewards to the player if the platforming is intrinsically good yeah like that's the whole fucking point of celeste it's like they put hundreds of strawberries as optional challenges all over the place and people got those strawberries not because they wanted the mega strawberry pie at the end of the level but because playing the game was fun and getting the strawberries was intrinsically fun yeah you're completely right it's just unnecessary to have this shit if they had them as platforming challenges it would have been fun to get the upgrades it would have been fun to to do the platforming challenges and not get the upgrades and have them just doled out at you at regular intervals Uh, if your gameplay is good you don't need to reward the player with cookies like I think if you're going to have a cash shop you need to work on making it a substantial part of the mechanical experience like in Armored Core or in Archimedean Dynasty where you got different tools to tackle these challenges in interesting ways and while that might be beyond the mechanical fidelity of this game which has a far simpler more focused concept why have the cash shop in the first place then like i I think that you want to do one or the other this half-assed implementation is just a waste of time
1: yeah and i think that a core component of most you know in-game shops is that they offer um choice to the player i don't think this shop offers any choice to the player there's basically only ever health for you know an increasing amount of money Um, and like twice ever there are drill upgrades Um, so and getting money isn't really gated by player skill at all because none of the money like there's some very slight uh, side challenges to get the money but usually all the blocks are like you know you're walking forward and there is a block above you do i drill the block for money <laughs> i guess i will it's going to take me like 10 <laughs> seconds i guess i'll do it um so i just think that the shop itself and basically all of the gameplay systems that are a result of the shop's inclusion drag the game down a bit now it's not like a major issue, I don't think, in the long run, but I do think it is like a, a negative on the game.
0: Yeah, and I I basically agree. Um, I think this annoyed me slightly less than you, but I agree with the uh principles behind your criticism. I guess.
1: Yeah. Um. Now, the second thing that this leads into, I guess, is the difficulty of the game, and the progression curve. Now, I find in a lot of games that are aimed for a younger audience, like this, or maybe something more recent like Super Mario 3D World where that was a Wii U game uh something like that they'll basically start the game at difficulty negative one um where a a literal four-year-old could beat the level easily and then as the game you know it'll eventually ramp to something where after like near the end of the game um, more experienced players will start having a challenge, and in this case, and in you know the case of Celeste, um, a lot of that is in the post game, and the post game levels I thought were actually all great. Um, I thought they were all a great challenge, a step up from the regular gameplay. I had fun in all of them, and I beat. Uh, I'm I'm currently trying to beat the the one in the prison. That is actually quite challenging. It took me ages to get through the first room. Um, and then I'll just have the last one to do. Now, the levels kind of all contain these hidden treasures, and the secret levels contain hidden treasures, and the reward for getting all of them is that you unlock hard mode, which uh, sets you at 1 HP and doesn't let you get health upgrades. Um, And to be clear, like normally you have like 40 health uh, you can, absurd amount of yeah health, you have like, like a, a ridiculous yeah. amount of health and
0: there are health drops all over the place yeah. like so many every every corridor has health drops
1: yeah and i think um as a part of this i think it's intended to be part of the progression that because you need to grind the regular levels um to get money to do the secret levels it kind of gives you practice at the normal levels so that when you do the hard like when you go to do hard mode you have a better idea. But I kind of would have rather just it to let me suffer and not do the grinding. Um
0: I agree. Grinding is bad. I'm glad we've finally Um, agreed that point James. (laughs) Well
1: yeah well I mean in this case when I'm not like grinding to make some big machine of a character. I just don't want to do it. Um but uh I wanted to ask you do you think that this game can support a difficulty mode with literally one HP? Because it's a massive like polarizing shift between like 40 and one. Do, do you think the mechanics like allow for that to be a reasonable challenge?
0: It, it's really funny. So the answer is yes. This is a game where you, when you're good at it, I don't mean like a speedrunner good. I just mean when you're good at it and you've played through it a couple of times, you could very conceivably get through this game on one HP. Um all of the platforming challenges are fair. Yeah, I think. Like e- even the ones which I struggled with like the um like the airplane bits. There was one boss fight uh against like the very final room where that you know, where there's that big drill and you have to reverse the drill, yep. and there are the sparks flying around. Yep. I'm not quite sure how you're <laughs> meant to do that with one HP, <laughs> but I'm sure I just haven't studied the pattern enough. But on the whole, this game is designed in such a way that the thing, unlike you know, Mega Man 2 or, or Castlevania or a lot of the other classic. Uh, platforming games where you kind of get spanned with projectiles and it's kind of accepted that you're going to face tank some of your way through it this is not a game like that it's very fair in terms of the damage it throws your way and you can very conceivably avoid every instance of damage i
1: think yeah i completely agree with that so i actually wish that um this option was available earlier but I understand gating it behind all this extra stuff so that you're kind of ready for it. Now, I know Patrick wanted to criticize the um, the normal enemies in this game, oh my God. which are basically like the most pushover of enemies ever. Um, but I feel like on one HP mode, they're actually like slightly intimidating. Very I slightly. Agree.
0: No, no, for sure. If you have one HP, these enemies actually matter because one wrong move and you die. But the these enemies in this game, I just wish they weren't there. Like genuinely, <laughs> they don't add anything. Now, I will say there are a couple of interesting wrinkles. Like there's, a, um, there's like an automated drone that flies above you and keeps doing airstrikes on you. Yep. And that's often combined with you having to, like, drill through a block. So you have to keep jumping around to avoid its fire. That's that's an enemy I can get behind. But most of the enemies in this game, you either activate your drill or you jump on top of them and use your drill. And that's how you beat those enemies. In fact, that's how you beat a lot of the bosses as well. It's not, it's not the most... Um, it's doing things that are aesthetically creative with some of these enemies and bosses, but yep. mechanically they're just not very complex or interesting.
1: Um, there was this one enemy whose animations I wanted to bring up because I found it kind of traumatizing and I was not expecting this in you know, a like a children's mm. game. So I think it's in the city. There is this enemy that's like a giant pot, and the pot is filled with like a gooey life form of some description that peaks out of the pot um, and the pot's kind of big so you push the pot over and then you insert the drill into the pot and you just like mix it in a it up it's like horrifying to think about i found that like i i it made me a bit uncomfortable actually um yeah
0: well that that's because for the most part your drill is making a metal on metal sound so you don't need to think about these things as humans or you know people (laughs) they're just all robots right
1: sloshing that things in it's around oh got what was coming to him honestly all of the enemies in this game, like the cops, it's just like yeah, they get the drill. <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, also, James, one other random thing. You know when that um when that big drill landed on top of your enemy base? Did you did you also think of Evangelion?
1: Yeah, I was like, that's just,
0: just <laughs> immediately where my mind went. I mean, like, man, they're ripping off Evangelion. Also, you know that little fucking robot thing with the two heads on it that you know gave you the upgrades for your uh for the boat oh yep yeah Yeah. the thing with that's jesse and james it's jesse and james from team rocket exactly the same color scheme bloody game freak freak. plagiarizing their own anime
1: (sighs) unbelievable sue them yeah um i don't have a heap more to say about this one honestly um i really valued that it was short and to the point like there was not other Mm. than the blocks there was not a lot of fluff in this one there was just new idea after new idea um you know in a relatively tight package i
0: thought and when it and when it re like when it brought an idea back it was incorporating that incorporating that idea with the other stuff so it'd be like okay we're, we're gonna bring back the uh like kind of gold gooey blocks that you can stick in for a bit but you have to continuously drilling a line before landing into it then now that you have the level three drill you can fling yourself back further onto this platform whatever it was it would combine these ideas in interesting ways something that uh, always irritated me about Super Mario Odyssey actually Super Mario Odyssey has all of these cool ideas and transformations but it never like tries to push it to the next level by combining them in interesting ways it just has each of them be a self-contained thing yeah drill dozer is a better designed game because it does that it has all these self-contained things but then it has the courage to actually combine them into a more holistic platforming challenge
1: yeah and i'd agree with that like by the end i feel like you've seen every possible combination of every mechanical most like they they really really tried to squeeze everything they could think of into this one it was great um
0: I'm ready to move on to final thoughts if you are James.
1: Okay. I kind of am. I just wanna to go touch on to like story and aesthetics and Oh yeah, those are things yeah. in this video game are Yeah. <laughs> um I don't think the story in this is very good at all. Like I don't think if I was a kid playing this game I would have enjoyed it too much. I believe
0: Sly Cooper ripped off this game.
1: <laughs> it probably has a better story than this for sure, by like a large margin. Like not just not just Sly Two, like Sly One. <laughs> Has a better story than this game. Yeah,
0: basically it's just um, it's just there are two rival gangs and you're stealing MacGuffins and they get into fights with one another and there's a cop trying to do the right thing. It's exactly like Sly Cooper, mm. but it's it's just not it's not interesting. It's not why you play this game. Um, if you do play this game for the story, you're objectively wrong and you should, <laughs> you know, there's probably stop playing like video games. A
1: fair amount of story dialogue text for how bland the character. Characters are I've found them to be all very boring um not a like I think when you like lots of stories for younger audiences that aren't trying to have a deep story at least make the characters like slightly funny or likable I don't think there's like anything to really latch on on these characters they're very the game has a very like bright and cheerful tone to it and it very consistently you know carries that through from start to finish but i just did not really give a shit about any of it um to be honest it didn't make me laugh at any point other than swirling that dude's innards that was that okay. was fucked okay um, cave
0: story had a better story than this and you uh, know how i feel about that like game. a lot yeah. yeah
1: um so yeah i was a bit. I don't know if I'd say disappointed. I didn't know, I really have any expectations of it. Yeah, to be me honest.
0: neither. I, 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 when it comes to these games, GBA games, my expectations for the story are literally zero. zero. I mean, I've realized that after playing Mega Man Battle Network as well. Like that these games, games just... great.
1: That game's story <laughs> way better than this one.
0: We can all agree that Mega Man Battle Network story sucks. What? Anyway, uh, you also mentioned aesthetic, James.
1: Yeah, so I think that a lot of the... I, I reckon they could have made the levels visually more interesting. I think that the actual places you'd go to are kind of uninspired. Like, you go to um, a very plain-looking museum, you go to a very plain-looking cityscape. Um, the last couple of levels are a bit more interesting visually, but it's not... I don't know, I, I don't think that they... I think they could have done a bit better in this regard. Um, I wonder
0: how much of this had to do with the fact that they had to make so much of the geometry just blocks and just based on blocks, because a lot yeah. of the environment is basically destructible, isn't it? Yeah. Like the and it becomes increasingly destructible as your drill levels up. So they probably couldn't get too crazy with the um, with it. I would I do agree that like in terms of does it have atmosphere? The answer is no. This is like cheerful, cutesy graphics. You compare this atmosphere. To, yeah. <laughs> you compare this to something like uh, Super Metroid, which although it's, its graphics are probably less detailed, I found that that game had a wonderful atmosphere and sense of place uh, as you were moving through the murky caves.
1: I think if this game's music hadn't been so exhausting on my ears, I would have been fine with the like tone and the like upbeat setting. I think it it's like eating sugar with a spoon. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, it, it's a bit overkill in some ways. I think um, stuff like the city and the, you know, the tomb and the underwater section, um, the music was a bit more chill. That was okay. Um, mm-hmm. I think some it can just be a bit much um but it is very consistent in what it's trying to do at least i guess and
0: once again i i hate the sugar with the spoon full stop so get this (laughs) shit out of my face give me a murky cave that's all i want yeah all games should be set in murky caves
1: yeah i didn't mind it so much um nowhere near as much as pat would have hated it (laughs) um definitely you know not for everyone but the gameplay carries it anyway i think Um, So, with that out of the way, let's do one last music break, Um, and I missed a bit in the last music section, um, which was, I reckon what this game should have done um, for its music was have a soundtrack for each level that builds on itself every time you get a new gear, um, that builds up to uh, a final cohesive piece of music. I think that would have solved all of my issues with the music although you know asking them to literally make three times the number of songs maybe a bit much this game's like three hours long anyway
0: well you just want additional layers right being added that's that's a reasonable request maybe it's not a reasonable request to the Game Boy advance (laughs) i don't know but i demand it today james and that's all i care about
1: yeah i agree that would have been the way to go um so i wanted to play the music that plays in the sunken ruins the water level pat and i said was brilliant because it fucking is um and this was probably my second favorite piece of music and it really this was the this was the song that gave me the pokemon vibes more than anything um so this is the sunken ruins That was Sunken Ruins. So it's time to wrap up, Pat. Um, did you want to give us your final impressions on Drilldozer?
0: Yeah, uh, so I recommend this game. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the length of it. You know, this will take somewhere between three to five hours to play through the content. Uh, it's interesting because the moment to moment control you have of your character isn't nearly as fun as most platformers that are famous that you probably have played. But there's something incredibly well designed about this level design. It just keeps throwing new concepts at you. It escalates the challenge in a very well designed way. And more than anything else, the thing that really impressed me with this game is how it united its concepts in really cool ways to have some really just awesomely fun platforming towards the end. There are some boring bits, some of the puzzles aren't as intel they're not they're not very deep puzzles it's kind of like minor stepping stones along the way um the combat sucks some of the boss battles are kind of uninteresting but you keep playing through this game because of the varied and interesting platforming and it doesn't outstay its welcome in introducing new spins on that platforming if this game was 10 hours long I probably wouldn't recommend it but at three to five hours it's just a good time. If if you have any interest in platformers particularly action platformers you're going to enjoy your time with this game and then you're going to hang it up and probably forget about it but for that three to five hours you played through it you're going to have a good time so it gets a thumbs up from me. This will never be one of my favorite games but I don't regret having played it and um, I think on, on the whole I would recommend it to others.
1: I'm also quite high on drill Dozer. I think that it gains a lot of points in the fact that it takes a singular concept, that of the drill, Um, and pushes it to its potential and to me that kind of gives it its own niche um, in the world of platformers right there are so many out there and this is the first one that I'd seen take the drill concept and literally make every single mechanic about that drill Uh, like Patrick said the game does a great job of introducing mechanic after mechanic Uh, it feels like there's no wasted space in some parts you know for a three to four hour long game that just throws dozens of new ideas at you constantly Uh, i think it's a great time that you know it's time well spent you know a lot of games feel bloated this is a very tight neat package um you know with a lot of you know charm to it that some people will appreciate more than others um so to me you know this is an easy recommend i think some of the level design you know is just masterful here so they did a really good job with that Um, some of the music is fantastic despite its use throughout the game Um, so you know I had a blast with this one I would absolutely recommend it and I think if you play through it and enjoyed it up until the end I would recommend going out of your way to play the extra levels because I think that they do push the limits of what the mechanics in this game can do to a really satisfying degree Uh, it took me you know quite a while to get through a couple of them but you know after nailing them i was getting celeste vibes after it and that's always a great comparison
0: yeah i had a quick look at some of those levels i didn't get around to them but they certainly do look like they continue pushing um the envelope on what the mechanics are capable of which um which is really cool to see game freak clearly knew what they were doing in terms of game design which is you know hardly a surprise considering they made pokemon but um
1: yeah oh, how how much does um rpg translate into platformer i don't know
0: <laughs> uh, the same thing exactly the basically
1: same. the same thing yeah, yeah
0: it's ones ones are rpgs are regressions from platformers uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that about does it. Thank you so much for listening to us talk all about a drill dozer. We are the Retrospectors podcast. My name is Patrick Arthur and my co-host is James Turlings. You can find all of our content on our website, which is rspodcast.net. It's got all of our episodes, a bunch of articles that James and I have written, including that uh, 1001 Spikes article. That's a fantastic platformer game as well that I recommend you check out. Uh, Most importantly, it has a link to our Discord server, a Discord server where we do most of our interaction with our community. It's where we take game recommendations. This game, Drilldozer, was recommended to us by Electric Maestro on our Discord server, which we're very appreciative of. He's always dropping weird, you know, GIFs of uh, Game Boy Advance games that I've never heard of. So, um, But I'm glad we chose to do <laughs> this one. And some fantastic
1: over... music clips too. Always yeah, great, Exactly,
0: yeah. yeah. Over some of the others. So thank you for the recommendation. And if there's a game that you think it's worth us checking out, we would love to hear it. As long as it's not a JRPG, I'm pretty sure they're uh, banned from the show, right, James?
1: Uh, we'll get to soft bench. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, soft yeah. Band, we'll yeah. get to it eventually. <laughs> yeah, and if you if you have a short game, that that's basically like guaranteed to get played by as We're always like the best. more short yeah. ones. Yeah, that's kind of this was recommended like. A couple of weeks before we started playing it, and you know we were like, we're fast tracking that one through because Patrick needs time to play Fallout Tactics. Exactly, yeah. They yeah. Still need time to play
0: Fallout Tactics. <laughs> yeah. So yeah,
1: we um, if you're enjoying the show, we
0: would love if you would drop by, um, throw us a recommendation or just say hi. So with that, it's time to p- talk about what we're doing next fortnight, James. And because I've had to play two platformers in a row, it's time. Well, it may to go... as well.
1: Well, things happen in threes, right, Patrick? <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> we are playing. a first person game and this is a first person game with stealth in it first person
1: platformer
0: (laughs) we're playing chronicles of riddick escape from butcher bay someone actually recommended this and it has been in my master list for a while but it also has the advantage of being quite short at about eight hours so i'll definitely be able to finish it um it's a game that i read reviews in gaming magazines when it first came out you know 20 odd years ago Uh, it seems to be like a hybrid first person adventure kind of game so it's possible we're going to experience something kind of similar to king kong where it's kind of like a shitty cinematic (laughs) game but uh it has stealth in it
1: well, this was based off a movie, right? Riddick is a movie, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, which I'm is going very... to be required
0: viewing, James, for, uh, for the game. Not again.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to try watching this one. I didn't quite get through King Kong. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see if it's stealth can salvage the um the fact that it's a cinematic in inverted commas game from the early 2000s. Here's hoping. My hopes aren't endlessly high. But, you know, I've got a high tolerance for any games with stealth in it. Drill Dozer had stealth, but in it so i mean that, that was good
1: kind of did actually that was a bit unexpected the uh the prison level had a lot of unique stuff in it man the the challenge level has some really hard stealth bits in it i was slamming my head into my keyboard man
0: because c- i found the actual regular stealth bits fairly challenging like i th- thought that was in many ways one of the more challenging bits of the game yeah like you needed pretty good timing to slip you, through you, those should, you should give
1: that extra prison level a go that was nuts. Um,
0: yeah I might I, I think I have some money left over But uh, <laughs> yeah uh, join us join us next fortnight for chronicles of riddick escape from butcher bay I promise uh, I'm not going to promise anything I may may not I be know, as harsh on it as I was Peter Jackson I feel like I guess we we'll know
1: see. literally nothing about this game <laughs> I don't I,
0: I remember reading a review I, I know what the uh, cover uh, looks like I hope it's good
1: it doesn't take much to convince us to play a game guys it, Just... <laughs> it
0: has the word stealth in it i mean, that's yep. all it takes <laughs> yep
1: that's about it well thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next fortnight for chronicles of ridden
0: adios